0: Thought Leaders, Storytellers and Griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. 7.50,
1: you are with SAFM 104 to 107. Lots of questions coming in with regards to that conversation. Nolene Feldon saying, it's all very laudable. We've been trying to get the broken sewers fixed since last April's floods in Durban's. In the meantime, the sewerage is flowing into the streets. The council does not care. So, Nolene, whilst I agree with you, it is frustrating. You know what your job is, then you vote. For the people that you believe can make a difference, and uh, we do hear more and more and more about people who are engaging. Uh, just go and read up on what um, the guys from the Ravonia Circle are doing. They are talking directly to how it, what it means to engage as a citizen as well. You can read up about that as well. Cat wanting to say everyone is shouting climate change, but what about light pollution? Well, I think light pollution, cat is. A part of climate change and indeed it is um, one that need we need to be aware of as well and uh, someone else Terence saying I'm totally against fracking is the reason is it would destroy all underground water especially those people living in the Karoo who are farming and I know Ter- Terence uh, is from Kakamas and lives in the Northern Cape so he's really dealing with those issues as well um, so we're going to move into our second Thought Leader Storyteller in And this was a wonderful, wonderful story that was written uh, this week. And I thought we should really just celebrate it in so many ways. On the line, we have Nick Dahl. He's a freelance journalist, author and copywriter. And he wrote a story about public libraries in praise of our libraries, the best things in life. Free. Nick, thank you. As an author, you would know about this. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me, Michelle.
1: Nick, you know what I loved about your, your, your article? You, you talked about how, you know, we all go, yes, you know, there's problems with the public libraries, but actually one can still go into a public library and get that smell, that joy and that experience of just seeing all sorts of diverse books. Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm a, as you said, I'm a journalist and an author and I've I've written books. About, one book I wrote, Rogue's Gallery, was about the history of corruption in South Africa. So it's, it's a pretty negative topic. It's about how, you know, nothing works and we can all complain about our, our taxes being misused. And, you know, you look at ESCOM and you look at potholes and all of that. And then I thought to myself, you know, while I was writing these books, I made constant use of public libraries. Almost every week, I was in a different library somewhere looking for a particular book. And this is also something that my taxes go toward. And, and they still work. It's 2023, and you walk into a library on a random Tuesday afternoon, and there are 30 or 20 or 30 people in there making use of the various resources on offer. And I just thought, this is something that we should remind ourselves of, you know, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom.
1: You know, it's interesting that you, you talk about in the, um, in the article, you talk about the fact that, it, and I'm quoting you here, while it would be hard to describe our libraries as cutting edge, and that's true. We know that um, a lot of our libraries just don't have access to the kind of technology that many, many libraries globally may have. Having said that, there is something about walking into a library and just the books alone is enough to make you realize, I can change my world, I can change my life.
0: Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, as an author, I mean, I, I love being surrounded by books. But what is nice is that when you walk into these libraries, you're not the only one. There are other people who who share this thought and it's it's a completely free service, you know, anyone can walk into a library and take advantage of of all the stuff on offer. And and while they're not cutting edge, I mean, there there is the odd exception. There's some libraries that have been quite sort of zhuzhed up. But um, they all do have a few other resources as well. Um, There are generally computers where you can use the internet. Uh, My local library, uh, where I live, we, we sort of, quite close to an underprivileged area and every afternoon after school there are kids here who the kids in the library who obviously don't have cell phones or laptops or or wi-fi at home who you know are doing what teenagers do and looking on the internet in the public library and to me that's another great thing
1: you know a couple of weeks ago we interviewed someone who was working in a library, and I forget where the library was, somewhere in the Western Cape, if I recall. And what he decided to do was to create um, part of the library to turn it into a video game space. So... Kids could go and play video games, but they were only allowed to play video games if they proved that they had done their homework or they had done a certain amount of reading. I can't remember the exact details of that interview, but it was totally inspiring. And of course, all our listeners were like cheering him on. It seems to me that actually, as you say, a library can really do some things that maybe children are missing from home, but also reward them in their process of doing homework, reading, etc.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we have to to make a, a massive mention of the librarians. Librarians, I mean, you know, we don't want to generalize, but they are, in my experience, fantastically helpful, friendly, and they, and they love their job, and they, and they are willing to, to to go the extra mile. I mean so since writing the article I've had quite a lot of comments on the article and emails and just about these different initiatives you know this library has an after-school study program this has a women's empowerment program this one has a stamp collecting society or chess club or whatever it may be um this week was libraries week um and I I did a few events at my local library I'm um, on Thursday evening a cold rainy evening in Cape Town 40 <laughs> people came to listen yeah. to me talk about my latest book um and yeah. you know and there was enge- and there were people there was a lot of engagement um that there, there are and and then just another thing about librarians when i am on the hunt for some piece of information that i can't find anywhere else if you get the phone number of a librarian <laughs> they are so generous <laughs> with their time and information it's it's incredible I just last week I had it happen again they, they're like, they are
1: they like oh no it's that Nick Dahl again and he needs to find out about some character in our great past here in South Africa
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know if you have a moment to hear this particular story but <laughs> Go for it quick there, there was a there was a yeah yeah there was a woman who set fire to some churches in Port Elizabeth in 1897. Yeah. And and to try and and try and get hold of this information I got hold of the a, a librarian in the Port Elizabeth Central Library and she sent me about 50 WhatsApp photographs of different documents and stuff about this. I mean it was fantastically helpful.
1: You know Nick I think your job must be fascinating digging through archives and talking about You know, your book is called A Rogues Gallery, and it certainly uh, represents a series of rogues, but uh, it must be fascinating, nevertheless, when you look at it.
0: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, another time a librarian came to my rescue was there's a guy, Sir George Young. He was a British governor uh, in 1800, just for a year. And he's been completely erased from history because he he was utterly incompetent terribly corrupt and, and and hugely despicable human being who who profited from smuggling slaves to a huge extent. You know, he teamed up with complete criminals and took massive kickbacks. But the, because he was here for such a short time, hardly anything has been written about him. They're basically two books that, that have a bit about information about him. And the one book, I just couldn't get hold of it, was the middle of the COVID lockdown. And I got hold... I did I searched the online database that's another thing about our library system you can search online to work out where your book is and I discovered that it was in Mossel Bay and I started emailing anyone who seemed to be associated with libraries in that part of the world and by lunchtime I had the entire chapter scanned in my inbox you know these are these are some of the best people around <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nick, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and inspiring us. I'm actually going on a sabbatical for a while, but when I come back on the show, we'd love to have you on as a guest and uh, talk about uh, the fabulous Rogues Gallery. They might be despicable characters, but let's learn about them nevertheless.
0: Yeah, just one more message. Just, I encourage everyone, if you don't have a library card, get one. It's free and it entitles you to something like 20 books at a Jeez. time. For a month. I mean, the, the numbers have all been up since COVID. It used to be seven books for two weeks. And so now it's something. And uh, and there are all sorts of other free resources that they offer. And and if you're paying your taxes, just go one get a perk book. that you can take advantage of.
1: Yeah. Nick Dahl, he's an author, freelance journalist, a copywriter. And uh, the, as he says, the best things in life are free in praise of our public libraries. It's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.